What's up, everybody? This is Ian from the From the Stands podcast. Hey, we had an awesome contest the past few weeks. Uh, we are ready to announce a winner. Sean, why don't you tell the people who won the Mitch Marner signed photo? Absolutely, Ian. We're really pleased to announce that the winner of the photo is underscore Johnny Branco. Underscore Johnny Branco. Make sure that you DM us with your address so we can make sure that we get that over to you. Congratulations and thank you everyone who participated. And a massive, massive thank you to our sponsor, Stephen Lambus Real Estate. Nothing would be possible without you when it comes to these contests. As always, Stephen is a top producing realtor in the greater Toronto area, known for his extensive market knowledge and unmatched devotion to his clients. Whether you are looking to buy, sell, or lease, he is there to help guide you every step of the way. Be sure to check him out at Homes by Stephen on Instagram or online at homesbystephen.ca. Ian, let's get to our week 12 picks. to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I'm Sean here, as always, joined by my brother, Ian. We're here to bring you our Week 12 picks, and we had to bring them back, Ian. Who's picking with us this week? Well, yeah, I mean, last week, all, you and I, I think, were one in five. And we were. Gonna, what's going to happen is people are going to stop listening to this podcast for advice because we're giving them bad advice. So we had to bring back the guy that last week, in a week of craziness, was still found a way to be 500. Ryan Colville is back with us today, and he's going to continue to show us how it's done. So if the last few weeks is any indicator, whatever Sean and I say, bet the opposite. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. All right, let's dive right into it, boys. Six games as always, and our reputations are on the line this weekend. So let's start with a game that I'm not excited to pick. It is the Tennessee Titans playing in Indianapolis against the Colts. The Colts are favored by three. The over-under is 51.5. Ryan, you are reigning champion. We throw to you here first. Who do you have? Oh, man, that's a tough one. You know, these are divisional games are always hard in you know, this, these two teams played like what 10 days ago, it feels like they played a couple weeks ago in uh, on the Thursday night game. And I'm going to go Indy, but I'm nervous about it because in the division with two good teams, you don't really see a team beat the other team twice. Um, but Indy's D is too good that, you know, last week against green Bay, they pretty much shut them out in the set, shut out green Bay in the second half. Um, and to me, Indy's just a more complete team. And, and, you know, again, I mean, Rivers is actually playing really well right now. He's not turning the ball over. He's just making the right, the smart, simple plays. They got a good running game. So to me, there's there's less question marks about Indy. But um, so I'm going to take Indy, but I'm a little bit nervous about it because this could seriously go either way. Well, I think, too, Tennessee's coming off a great win over Baltimore. And, yeah, I mean, it was a little odd. It went to overtime, and those games are always kind of fluky. But – the big, I was leaning Indy as well. And I was speaking with a friend of ours yesterday. And again, what it comes down to is trust. And right now you trust Indianapolis. I think, obviously you mentioned the big win against Green Bay, but I think one thing we need to talk about is the fact that DeForest Buckner was ruled out today. And when you talk about defensive tackles that affect the game in a monstrous way, DeForest Buckner is one of those players. I mean, he may not be Aaron Donald, but 
he is disruptive. He's in the backfield all the time. And this, you know, Buckner not playing is a massive upgrade to Tannehill and more importantly, Derrick Henry. So this has been the year of the underdogs in a lot of cases and divisional game. I have a hard time believing normally those are split in the season series. I'm going to ride with Tennessee here. I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they score. So I'm going to lean the under. Um, but I got Tennessee here only because they're getting points. Okay, help me out here, guys. I, outside of the fact that they don't have a corner playing for their team that deserves to have a job in the NFL, why is Tennessee's D so bad? It's pasty. I mean, they're 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 not terrible against the run, but yeah, they're it's their pasty. It's it's I mean, it's and now that now that you know Malcolm Butler's been limited all week, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Clowney too, and they got and they have yeah, nobody. I think Clowney's else. out. Well, and I think that, you know, when, when it comes to guys getting to the quarterback, you know, if Clowney's out, it means you're rolling with like Harold Landry. And while Landry, I think, has been fairly solid this year, they just don't have the juice to go get the quarterback. And their average, their, I mean, you their linebackers are at, say it again. You can argue that the, the, the Clowney doesn't have the juice to go get the quarterback anymore. Very true. <laughs> he has a sack this year. <laughs> no, he's no he now he has always been a guy that it doesn't show up necessarily on the stat sheet. He's just disruptive in the backfield. He may not get the sack, but he's always up there in pressures. I'm not sure he is this season. And again, the the Tennessee secondary, as Sean mentioned, Malcolm Butler's picked on every game. You know, Christian Fulton isn't playing. I think Adoree Jackson's been in and out. And they're, they're really only plus in the defensive backfield is Kevin Byard. And even he's having a down season. So there's just not a lot of positives on that defense. And you're right. I mean, if Rivers is playing as well as he is, maybe it is Indiana landslide. But that has to be part of it. Yeah, so Dory Jackson hasn't played basically all year. And I know because he's on my fantasy team. And I don't have a corner that's worth a damn on that team either. So I've been wanting him to come back. But, you know... I've had a lot of misses this year, obviously, uh, but there's just some teams that I can't get a hold of. And the Colts is one. Miami's another. I called it on this podcast last week. I couldn't in good faith not pick them. And I said, if I pick them, they're going to lose. And they lost outright to the Denver Broncos. You know, I really want to take the Titans. I think that they are the more balanced team. But I also think that that's just my vision of, of Phillip Rivers being dog shit terrible. That's kind of making that shade on my behalf when they've actually been pretty good. Like, again, their defense is is elite. They've been, you know, again, they've played some really good teams, played them well, and, and won games. And, yeah, I lost my wallet last week with, with Green Bay. But, again, in this matchup, Indy dominates. They kill the Titans. They're 10-2 and two in their last 12, and they always seem to cover in their own division, 8-3 and three in their last 11 within their own division. Um, so I'm going to take Indy. And I'm not going to feel great about it. This basically means Tennessee is one, but I'm going to take Indy. If I was actually gambling this, I would probably take the Titans and buy the half point because I do think that this is going to be a close game, but I'm taking Indy and I'm also taking the over. The trends love the over in this game. So let's get to, uh, to our next game, which is the Arizona Cardinals are in New England to play the Patriots. The line is is uh, sorry, Colts. <laughs> the Cardinals favored by two and a half over under is 49 and a half. Ian, let's go to you here first, buddy. Who do you got? Well, the one thing I want to say about the previous game, too, is that a couple, like I'd say a month ago on this podcast, we were talking about who are the MVP candidates and, you know, who are some of the top quarterbacks in the league. And for a lot of it, we had discussed how Ryan Tannehill was sort of creeping into that range. And since that point, because we from the stands jinxed him, 
uh, he's been pretty bad. And what we're seeing is he's reverting back to where he was a couple seasons ago. So in order for Tennessee to really turn it around, that's what it's going to come down to. So against the Colts, we're going to see how that works. In terms of the next game, um, I don't know why this line isn't bigger and it's making the whole thing makes me nervous because this, we talk about it on this podcast all the time about the Belichick line is different than if any other coach coach this current new England team. I, you know, I do worry about the Cardinals traveling cross country. I never like that. We saw that with the Seahawks when they played the bills, but the bills are undisputedly better than the Patriots. So you know, I, I think I am going to roll with the Cardinals here. I, I just don't know. You know, obviously Gilmore is going to going to do his best to cover Hopkins. I just don't know that the Patriots have the personnel to handle handle Kyler, particularly if he is breaking open in the open field. None of those linebackers can get him. And you know, we're talking about you know maybe one of the one of the worst groups in that area in the league. So I have Arizona here again. This isn't one I feel great about, but. 49 and a half is the over under. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't know how a New England scores, but maybe the over. I just don't like this game. Ryan, go ahead, buddy. Jump in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take Arizona too. And I mean, to me on paper, this isn't even really all that close, mm-hmm. but Arizona is kind of frustrating because they're, they're a little bit inconsistent. They can look like Super Bowl champions one week and the next week they look like not really even a playoff team. So, but New England's the same way. New England is very consistent. They can look really bad and they can look competitive. So by the end of the day, just take the talent, you know, and I think Arizona's got way too much talent. Um, you know, New England's strength is their, their uh, pass defense. So, you know, maybe that slows down Arizona's offense a little bit, but, you know, I don't know how they, I don't know how that New England defense with, some of their slow linebackers contain Kyler Murray. So I'm I'm taking Arizona. Yeah. And so it's funny you said that the New England Patriots, their strength is their pass defense. It's easy to think that way because their only good defensive player is a cornerback, but they're the, they're the second worst pass defense in the entire NFL, 31st in the NFL. And a lot of that, again, comes down to slow linebackers. The rest of their core, their personnel is terrible. This defense is awful. It's awful. And you brought up the best point there. You have to contain Kyler Murray. Now, if you're going to beat the Patriots, you have to stop the run because they do not throw the football. They are third in the NFL in rushing, and they do it very well. No Burkhead. Good point. Arizona, they're just they're a well-rounded team. They're balanced. Again, they're not in the upper echelon. Like I don't think that anyone can argue that. But Kyler is an MFN problem. He is a problem. And... I don't think New England's going to have the answer. I agree with you, Ian. I think this line is fishy, which which kind of gave me pause. Is like I feel like it should be like four and a half, five, but it absolutely should be. But hey, if it's a, it's less than a field goal, I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. And even even without Larry Fitzgerald this week, you still got to deal with Hopkins. You still got to deal with Christian Kirk. Their running game is awesome. It's awesome, and even that's with Kenyon Drake s- missing time. Sorry, sorry. I, I no, think no, no, what no. you're going to see without without Larry, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of Chase Edmonds in the slot. And if you're seeing a lot of Chase Edmonds in the slot, that is another problem for those slow linebackers because that guy is lightning. And if if they're getting the ball to him in the middle of the field 
and they're not able to contain Kyler. I just don't see it. I just don't see yeah. it. And, you know, and we can just take away. I mean, even if we, even if we cancel Hopkins because of Gilmore, Christian Kirk is going to roast whoever's on the other side. So I just don't know. Yeah. And I don't know why this line's so close. I, I, don't, I don't know either. And I think there's another one here that I don't get the line either, but we'll get to that later. Um, but you know what? We're all on the Cardinals. You look like you had, you, you like you had a couple final thoughts, Ryan. What, did, what, uh, what, what jumped into your mind there? No, I mean, it's just, it's, to me, Arizona is a future Super Bowl contender. And I do think that when they're playing their best, they can beat anybody in the league. They're not always at their best because they are still a relatively young growing team. Um, so I like to me, to me, Arizona is just way, 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 way too talented for new England. And, and that's why, you know, there's zero chance I can take new England to win this game because the only way that new England wins this game is if Arizona has one of their stinkers, which is, which they it's possible to do. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. It's possible. Yeah. Tickly cross country. Yeah. And then, in, 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 you know, the Foxborough weather. True. That's true. That's true. But in, is, but. but in Foxborough weather, run the football. And yeah. Arizona can do that. Ian? One note before we move on is that Kyler Murray has been a little limited all week. He is listed as questionable now. There are all indications he's playing. They're, they, there's, him and Hopkins are not at risk of, of not playing. But it is worth noting. I think it was a hammy or something like that. So it is worth noting that he was banged up um last week or no it was shoulder yeah it was his shoulder so um it happened on this, pod, it happened on this podcast in. you were watching the game yes. on this podcast and almost had a heart attack but by the yeah. way if Car- kylo doesn't play it's the patriots just just so everyone is aware but let's get to the I next game know where arizona's backup is <laughs> speaking of oh, injuries Hunley, brett Hunley. oh, oh my god right. yeah that smashed <laughs> the patriots at that point uh would this line swing how much would this line swing if Kyler doesn't play? Does do the Patriots become a two and a half point favorite? Is he that much of an X factor? You'd think he has to be. I would say it would swing. It would have to with the home team. You'd have yeah. to think. You'd have to think. Well, yeah, hopefully we don't me, see. Go yeah, ahead, Ryan. Yeah, to me, it would just swing maybe a field goal and just give them just give them the win, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, so we're all on the Cardinals. Let's move on to another team. Speaking of injuries. The San Francisco 49ers are at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by six and a half. The over-under is 45. I'm going to jump in here first, boys. Um, This one is really tough. You know, the Rams just came off of a statement win, traveling cross-country to Tampa Bay to beat the brittled old man, Tom Brady, in prime time. And our friend Ryan Colville called that upset. The 49ers got a much-needed by... And they held, and they've been holding up pretty well, considering like you would think with all the injuries that they have, this team would be what? Got to be like bottom three in the league. They're holding they up well. Their, their defense does, they're okay. They do stuff. They, it looks like they're going to get some skill position players back in Mostert, in Tevin Coleman, and in Debo, uh, Debo Samuel. We don't know if all of them are going to play or none of them, but it, they are trending in the right direction. We'll see what happens there. I'm going to take the Niners. There's no reason to. I, I I can't believe I'm gonna I'm gonna take Mullins in this spot. But or is is Bethard playing? I don't know. Either one of them. I think they lose, but I do think that we keep that they keep it close. So I am gonna take the six and a half points and ah, the over under at forty five. Um, ah, no one likes a coward. Take the over, Ian. 
Uh, I'm going to throw to Ryan, but I just want to update the injury side. So um, Jimmy remains out, but it does it does look like the team is getting back Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Jeff Wilson. Even if they get two of those three guys, that's a massive upgrade for a team that loves to run the football. Um, it also appears that Brandon Ayu could play. I believe he's on the COVID list. Uh, but if he plays, if all of those guys play – that needs to be considered when making your pick. Let me throw it to Ryan and I'll jump back. Ryan, who do you got in this one? I'm, I'm picking the exact same as Sean. I, I think that um, San Francisco will not win this game, but I do, I, I'd pick them if, with uh, seven points. Listen, I love the Rams. I, I think the Rams are a Super Bowl contender. I think that D is absolutely, absolutely legitimate, um, but they're not an explosive offense. Again, divisional games late in the season. Are a little bit more toss up. Um, it's a it's a big line for me for a divisional game. San Francisco is the worst team in that division. They've been absolutely destroyed by injuries, but you know they're not that bad of a team. They're well coached, and if they get those running backs back, you know Kyle Shanahan he loves to rotate his running backs, do different things with the, with the running game. Um, I think San Francisco can keep this one close, but I do think the Rams will end up winning it. Well, yeah, and, and sort of the beauty of having those guys back is you can, you can, you know, smash Coleman through the tackles. You can have um, Mostert come in and spell and pass catch. And then if you get Ayuk back, you're running jet sweeps and stuff like that to keep the defenses honest. And again, I mean, we're talking about a linebacking core in L.A. that is among the worst in football. And when you're talking about running past that line and getting maybe to the second level of defense, it, it does get interesting. My only concern with this line is that I've picked against the Rams all season because you, I just have, I have. You, because I think every game you've, you've picked against the Rams. Everyone, because I just, I, we talk about NFC, we talk about, you know, the NFC West teams and how inconsistent they've been. You know, we talked about how Seattle looked unstoppable and now they look, you know, they look mortal. You know, and, you know, we talked about that with Arizona. The Rams have been no different. Now they're flying high right now. If, is that going to continue? My concern, the Rams are, they're cooking right now. So they're five, five and one this season against teams that are 500 or worse with an average margin of victory of 9.2 points. Just for everyone who's doing the math at home, that would allow them to cover this spread. They are clicking right now. And San Francisco's lost three consecutive games by double digit points. So I understand that divisional games are tough and normally you, you lean keeping them close, but San Francisco is purely in a free fall right now. The only thing about this game that would make me nervous is that San Francisco, as Ryan said, is extremely well coached. They are coming off a bye, and we're talking, giving Kyle Shanahan 12 days to prepare for Jared Goff. <laughs> I've talked myself in and out of it, but I'm tired of losing to the Rams. I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick them in this one. Um, I'm also going to take the over because I do think it, they're they're going to be slinging it around. So I got the Rams here. I love it. I love it. We're both picking. Like, last week I picked Miami. I didn't pick them all year. You picked the Rams, Ryan. It's an absolute guarantee that we win this one. <laughs> I, this is awesome. Um, the game of the week. Let's get to the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The line is minus three and a half for the Chiefs. 56 is the over under. Ryan, are you picking against the Chiefs again? This time I'm not. I'm picking <laughs> Kansas City. I, I mean, like again, can Tampa beat Kansas City when they're at their best? Probably. But, you know, this year, I just don't trust Tom Brady. And I've, you know, he's, he's, 
throwing interceptions at a higher rate than I think he has in about 12 years. What What's scary to me for, with Brady and Tampa right now is you've got all these weapons, all these we- weapons on the outside. You know, you got Godwin and Evans and Gronk and Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown. And I, I read a stat the other day where Tom Brady is 0 for 22 on his last – um, or, or he's, he's zero for 22, um, passing it 20 yards d- down the field in his oh, last week. That's so, good. Yeah. With so, those weapons, that's very bad. That's, that's not very bad. Yeah. So to me, Tampa can win. I don't think they will. I think Kansas City will come out. And it, it, I think this will be an absolute shootout. You know, t- Kansas City's defense to me is a little bit – makes me a little bit nervous if I'm, you know, thinking this team is is the best team in the league. I think they're – Defense is very susceptible, but their offense is going to – they're unstoppable. Tamp, and, again, Tampa's D is good, but I don't know. I, I think Kansas City is going to win this, and, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 10-plus point win by Kansas City. Wow. The one way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs is to run the football. And I would feel better about picking Tampa if they had figured out their backfield. They still haven't. They'd have no idea what they're doing right now. You know, save for that Ronald Jones 98-yard touchdown run two weeks ago, you know, where everyone was like, all right, well, he's going to be the guy. Then, you know, they bench him for the second half, and Leonard Fournette Leonard Fournette can't see holes that are right in front of his face. Ian sent a great tweet this week, or maybe it was you, Ryan, about, Ryan. you know, basically, like, it is the size of the Grand Canyon, and this guy runs into the back of his He's center. got Trent Richardson vision. He's it's, got Trent Richardson vision. That's the way to beat Kansas City is to run the football. Now, if you're streaming – it's nice to take a chance on guys like Jones and uh, and Leonard Fournette because you'll probably get good value. And the, the rush defense for Kansas City is 30th in the NFL. But again, to me, this is a statement game. And right now, the best football player in the world is Patrick Mahomes. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. Is Tom is Brady the best quarterback? Sorry? Is that debatable? No. Anyone who tries to is is fooling themselves. And to me, this is a passing of the torch moment. Now, it's not going to be willingly, but this is like, I was the last 20 years. This is the next 20 years. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come out and embarrass the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yes, their defense is great. It is, but it's not perfect. I think it's better by the numbers than it is by the eye test. That's how I look at it personally. And so for me, I think Mahomes is going to come out. This is going to be a statement game for Patrick. I think that he drops 40 on these guys, and I think that they win in a landslide. Ian? Here's my concern with Tampa. And Ryan mentioned that, you know, it's Brady and, you know, not getting the um, the ball to his weapons and throwing down the field. And all that is extremely valid. My main concern is that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians don't appear in to be in lockstep on anything, and they Good appear point. to just not like each other. And, look, Brady brought in his homies. He brought in Antonio Brown. He brought in Rob Gronkowski, you know, and it hasn't worked so far. I mean, there we, we, you know, you talk about teams that look like they're Super Bowl contenders and then look like they're out. They should be not even in the playoffs. Tampa Bay is that team. Like they are, they embody everything about that. There are weeks where that defense looks like they are flying all over the place. Yep. So here's the thing, right? Here's what you got to think about. Who's the most unguardable, other than Mahomes, who is the most unguardable person on Kansas City? Tyreek Hill. I would argue it's Travis Kelsey. Ooh, yeah, probably. I would argue it's Travis Kelsey. So now, the the 
the Bucks have extremely fast linebackers who are very capable. But let's say, let's say those linebackers, those safeties are getting pulled to Kelsey because of the gravity that he requires. That means that they are not doing what they do best, which is blitz the hell out of the quarterback. So that's all good for Mahomes. Those are all good signs for Mahomes. That's what having someone as powerful as Kelsey matters about. I mean, you talk about passing the torch. This is not just a Brady to Mahomes thing. This is a Gronk to Kelsey thing. What Kelsey is doing this season is staggering what he was doing, what he's doing. I think he's fourth in the league in receiving yards, which is absurd That's for a crazy. tight end. So I wanted to roll Tampa here because, you know, they have good corners. They can throw at Tyreek. It doesn't matter if Sammy Watkins is back. You know, they have good linebackers and safeties that they can chuck at Kelsey, but I don't know. They just don't feel right. And look, this could be a game that Brady gets up for. That's very possible. You well, know, it's they, not they, a night game, so he doesn't need to have a nap halfway through the halfway through the game at uh, at those eight o'clock starts. Well, you got to think about that, right? Like you have to not about him napping, obviously, but you have to think about how he's going to respond. I mean, you know, say what you want about Tom Brady; he's an egomaniac, and he takes this shit personally. And you know, is he going to be this dreadful for this long? Is this just who he is now? I don't know. I mean, I'm taking the Chiefs because the line isn't big enough for me to not take the Chiefs. But I'm really weary about this. I think there's an opportunity that I think there is a universe where we come back next week and we're talking about how Tampa stomped out Kansas City at home. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think there's definitely a chance of that. And I mean, like to, to me, what if I'm looking at Brady right now and you see the struggles they have when they start targeting downfield, and you kind of have to wonder to yourself, would Tampa be better off kind of going the way that New Orleans has gone the last few years with Breeze, where everything is, you know, Great point. crosses and slants and just let, just five, five seven-yard passes, you know, but that maybe that hurts guys that they brought in like Evans or it hurts. That's who it would Brown. hurt the most, Ryan, because I think Godwin yeah. would would expel Godwin, in, in and a, Brown. Yeah. Both would. And yeah. Brown, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, then, and again, I think Evans can play that role. He's so big, just put it on his body. But I do think it's obviously not the best use of their talents. But if you have those guys running underneath, at least there's opportunities once a quarter to take your shot over the top. Yeah, but 0 for 22 isn't getting it done. Like that throw to Cameron Brait at the end of the game last week was embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Like you, he gets the ball. You think it's Tom Brady. He's got two minute drill. Just needs to get a field goal. It was, I think he was down three. If I remember correctly, just got to get a field goal to tie. That throw was awful. <laughs> it was I so do, bad. I, I do have one question though. And maybe Ryan can chime in on this. We, we do keep talking about how inept Brady's been, and that's completely true. But let's say for fun, he turns it around even a little bit. Who on Kansas city is guarding any of these players? You know what I mean? Like, you know, are we talking about Bashad Breeland and like Javarius Ward? Like, I, I, I'm no, sorry. That, yeah, well, that, no, yeah, for 100%, Kansas City's defense is big issue. And if I'm, if I'm, other than Tyron I'm, Matthew, I'm just not sure who's getting it done there. No, and, and to me, that's if, if Kansas City's going to the playoffs and they're going up against a team like Pittsburgh that's got four or five wide receivers that can all, that are all super dangerous. I, I don't know. I mean, teams have really, really picked on Traverius Ward this year. Yes. And he's really, really been bad. So, you know, I don't know. I, that that defense is super – makes me super nervous. You know, well, I, I think they've got some good pieces to it. I think their safeties are actually pretty good. Sorensen and uh, – Thornhill. Um, Thornhill. But 
their corners just, just they they can't they they almost got to exclusively play zone because they can't cover guys man on man. Yeah, and I, but I think this comes back to because because they do play a lot of zone. I think this comes back to my earlier point. I think Las Vegas has shown you the recipe to beat Kansas City, which is run the football, control the clock, and then pick your spots make to, your to make the throw mm-hmm. right. And again, can Tampa do that? They could come out and do that, but with the with the disarray in that backfield, uh, like to me, I, this is this is. This isn't my lock of the six, but I'm very confident in this. So let's get to the you last are? two here. Oh my God. I'm not confident about this at I'm all. I'm confident. Like, th- I, lo- I love storylines. And the storyline of Mahomes shitting on Tom Brady, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. But we're talking about this, and I'm like having an anxiety attack thinking about how this can go. Like, every listen to every, go back and listen to so everything I said. Everything, everything I said was that I, you know, things I liked about Tampa in this game, but I can't bring myself to do it because come on, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that against a guy that's looked this bad. It's still Kansas City, but I don't like it. Speaking of bad MFers, let's get to our last two. The Bears are traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. The Packers are favored by eight and a half points. The over-under is a whopping 45. Ryan, let's get to you. Who do you got? Um, I'm taking Green Bay. I, I, really? I think this, I mean, it's a lot of points, but man, this after last week, um, losing late in the game, I think Rodgers is going to come out pissed off i think he's gonna come out flying um to me the, the only thing about this game is how much can chicago score against green bay's defense that's the only thing that'll keep this game close and because, mitch is back baby yeah he's back and to me they're not going to score much against green bay's defense and you know chicago's got a really good defense but green bay has shown they can score against good defenses so that's that it's just how, how how much you can slow down Green Bay's defense, which Indianapolis did last week in the second half. In the first half, Rodgers shredded them. So, and now you've got another good defense like Chicago. If 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 you're automatically giving Aaron Rodgers four touchdowns, because that's kind of what Green Bay does, I don't think Chicago can even come close to scoring four touchdowns. So, I think this is Green Bay. I think I'm I'm relatively comp- confident with this pick. Yeah, and you you made this point last week was that he scores against good defenses, and he did against the Colts. The problem was they couldn't stop that offense. Ian, jump in. Who's your pick? I think the the thing we need to talk about first is Chicago, and I want to be on the record here. And I think I think I think Mitch Trubisky is one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen in the past decade. So I think we're talking about Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles. That type of, oddly enough, both Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, sorry, Jags. Sorry, Blake Murphy. Um, But he's very much on that short list. But with that said, I do believe that this team is better suited with Trubisky at quarterback because at least he gives you the threat of some wheels. And, you know, Montgomery has been what Montgomery is. He's plodding along. They missed Tariq Cohen. Their best running back is like Cordero Patterson. So, Again, we talk about how they're going to score. And on the other side, but I do believe that Trubisky's an upgrade. So I want to make that clear. On the other side of the ball, they're going to be without their best player in the secondary, and that's all pro Eddie Jackson. So it looks like he may not play. And that is a massive benefit to Rodgers. It's a massive benefit to the Packers. It's also a big benefit to someone like Robert Tunyon. So 
it this one's hard because we tend to take the Bears with points and it's worked so far. You know, it's worked so far in a lot of ways. But against Green Bay, I mean, is them winning by 10 points all that difficult to see? I would argue no. So I'm going to roll with Green Bay here because, again, I like Revenge Rodgers a lot. I think that, you know, stuff like last week makes him mad. I love, I absolutely adore how the team handled uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling's fumble at the end of the game. I love how they stood with him. Rodgers, none of the guys threw him onto the bus. I love that. That is a team with an identity, and that is a team that's together. I think they bounce back in a big way, and I think they route Chicago here. And you know what? I got over because that's how many points I think Green Bay is going to score. <laughs> Ian, what's my rule? My one rule on this podcast is what? Um pick whoever uh, pick pick against who I'm picking because you know you'll do well. No. Never bet the Bears. Never bet the Bears. It can only go poorly for you, one way or another. With that said, Green Bay is so weird. Like, they're so oh, weird. Oh, man. They are they, – we talked about with Tampa, uh, a Super Bowl contender one week. It was Super Bowl contender one week and, like, dog shit the next. That is Green Bay. I can't – Fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm taking the Bears. I'm breaking my rule. Eight and a half is a lot. I think Trubisky keeps it like semi-close. Ah, God, I feel terrible about this. It's the, you (laughs) know what's dangerous too with Trubisky is A, maybe he has a brain and realizes he should get the ball to the best player in Allen Robinson. That's number one. Although Allen Robinson, Yair Alexander this week is going to be amazing TV. You can't miss that. Um, But there is the threat of the backdoor cover. We cannot talk about Blake Bortles on this podcast and not mention garbage time Blake Garbage time Trubisky could be a thing. you got to be aware of the backdoor cover. Yeah, I feel awful about that. I can't believe I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to hate myself when Green Bay wins by 40. Let's get to the last game, boys. The Seattle Seahawks are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are getting five points. The over-under is 50. And I know that I wrote on the sheet that the Eagles are minus five. That's wrong. The Seattle Seahawks are minus five. I'm going to go first. Why is this line five? What? Like, am I missing something? The Eagles are awful. They're terrible. Carson Wentz might be the worst starting quarterback by choice in the NFL. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are probably worse than him, but it's not like they're choosing to start him. It's, Can we quickly they, indulge you on that? Can we quickly indulge you on that? Sure. So the five worst quarterbacks in the league, I Ryan, I want you to chime in here too. I You'd have to think it's Foles, Trubisky, whichever one plays, it doesn't matter. Right? Then you're talking like Daniel Jones... And this is not an order. Wentz is very much in there. You're probably Drew Locke, although there are games that he performs. And anyone in Washington. And anyone in Washington, I agree. Yeah. Are we missing anyone? Oh, I think it's that's that's about it. I mean, and, and yet, you, Car, Car, to me right now, Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback in the league. I mean, he's just he's all over the map, and I don't know what's happened to him. He he was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago. I never thought he was a superstar but i thought he was confident quarterback and that's he's anything but right now well and here's the thing guys to me this is a lock it's a lock the the the, this line is too low it's too easy now again when it's too easy normally it goes the other way but this is a lock for me i'm taking seattle minus five and the over under of 50 i'd stay away from that i lean over because seattle loves to score points but it's going to come down to the Eagles. They have to get points for you to get the over, and you have to believe in that. So, Ryan, why don't you give us your final pick of the week? Well, I'm taking Seattle, too, and I think this is a pretty big lock, just like you. 
But that, what's interesting about this game is Seattle can't stop anybody. Their pass defense can't stop anybody. And Philadelphia's pass offense can't score. So now you've got a game where Carson Wentz in the Philly passing offense, if they can't put up yards and numbers against Seattle, then they can't do it against anybody. So, you know, that's kind of the, the interesting part of this game is the ineptness of Seattle's pass D against the ineptness of Philly's pass offense. So that'll, that will at least make it interesting to me is just kind of seeing who, who wins that battle because, you know, there's, those are two bad units right now on, on both teams. But yeah, I think, I think this is a blowout. I, I, Lock. The fact that it's a lock, yeah. Lock it in, Ian. I think what it's got to come down to is who do you believe is going to be best prime for a bounce back? And now Wentz has been on a 12-week, you know, skid, 11-week skid and needs to bounce back from 11 poor weeks. But Wilson has not been great the past few weeks either. And I think what's worth mentioning is that how important is Chris Carson? Because when Carson plays, he at least gives the Seahawks some diversity and Russ is able to cook off of Carson's rushing ability. And I think that's sort of, you know, he's a big X factor down the stretch. And, you know, if you look at teams and maybe you think the running back position could be filled by anyone, I'd argue that Seattle is the opposite of that equation. You know, when it's DJ Dallas and Carlos Hyde, who I think has played admirably, by the way, I think Carlos Hyde's good, um, just went to a shit school. You know, you, you, you're sort of, <laughs> you know, you are reminded that running backs are in fact important to give offenses like Seattle some diversity. So I think they do miss Carson. If Carson plays, this is very much a lock. Um, Eagles are getting, Billy? no, no, no. The Eagles are getting a little healthier by the week, but I think they're, you know, we do need to mention that what's going on with the Seattle defense is important to follow. Because if and when this team makes the playoffs and we're doing these picks in the playoffs, I don't want to be tricked into taking Seattle when they can't stop anyone. The Jamal Adams trade has been a complete disaster for Seattle. They have no one that rushes the passer. All they have is two, like, you know, two amazing linebackers and that's basically it. So I'd be concerned if I was a Seahawks fan on how this is all going. Again, the Adams trade has been a complete catastrophe with that said, it is Seattle all day here. It's a lock, and I am leaning over, but I agree. I think it's a stay away. Really quick, you had a full hear me out segment on this podcast about Jamal Adams and the trade. Are you yes. admitting defeat? I would be admitting defeat if it was any organization but the Jets. Okay. I have no Good faith point. that the Jets are going to do anything but blow those draft selections. So, <laughs> I mean, you think about this. Really think about this. Think about all the draft picks, and this is going to be a little bit of a, a tangent, but hear me out here. Think about all the draft picks that the Jets have had come in in the last X amount of seasons. We're talking Quinn and Williams. We're talking Becton. Um, we're talking Jamal Adams. We are talking Sam Darnold. All of these types of players. And if we even go back even further, we're talking about Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, Leonard Williams, all of these guys. None of these guys are, you know, Becton and Quinnen, I am very much a fan of. None of these guys are making an impact for their franchise. And until they prove that they're able to do that, I, I'm not going to, draft picks mean nothing to me when they acquire them because they're just going to blow them anyway. But this has been a disaster for Seattle. There's no two ways about it. Before we end, though, 
I think there, this is a good time. We talked about some of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I think we need to have a little bit of a discussion on where the MVP debate is now. Because for the longest time, we were talking about how Russ is an absolute no-doubt lock. And it's not going to be long, but I just want to say, where are we? Who is the MVP right now? Ryan? I mean, I think it's got to be Mahomes. Yeah, it's no He's, Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, who's close to Mahomes? Um, I think Dalvin Cook's got to at least be in the conversation. I do think it's harder for a running back on a team that is getting better, but they're still probably not going to make the playoffs. I think that kind of is going to end up eliminating Dalvin Cook, but he's been really good. Um, Mara. What's that? Mm, Alvaro. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Guys, it's I mean, Mahomes. This isn't yeah. a conversation. It's Mahomes. And second, very close second, has to be Luton, right? He's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, to me, I, I would argue the MVP is Kyler Murray. Oh, come on. No, I, I think Mahomes. Look, I would bet on Mahomes. But I think there, Kyler has a serious case. You're, you're doing a Derrick Rose, LeBron James thing. So you, and you have to recognize this. True. I get, I get the argument. I get the argument. I do believe that Kyler has a genuine case, though. And I, I agree. think if we're talking about the MVP discussion, I think we need to talk about how it is Mahomes in the driver's seat, and then who's and then two. we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about Kyler, Cook, Kamara, and then Russ. We. I think it's important to understand that four weeks ago, that was that is complete. That is completely. That would have been completely insane to say that Russell yeah. Wilson would be falling to fifth. No, I agree with you. I think he's a little higher than that, but but it's to me it's Mahomes, and it is interesting to see who's going to be you know the number two in yeah. that conversation. And, but, I, I get, and by the way, Josh Allen's still hanging around. Yeah, but those three yeah. weeks were so bad that he kind of. To 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 oh. me though, the, the one guy that's interesting to me is, and you could argue that he's the most valuable player to his team, even though you know he may not win the MVP this year. Uh, because he's just flat out won games for them is Derrick Henry on Tennessee. He's coming he's, back. He's yeah, cooking. I mean, he, how many games has he won off of a Good run point. that he's had in overtime or to tie a game? I remember uh, the the direct snap to him was that was that to tie the game against uh, who, were they, who were they playing? Baltimore. Baltimore. No, that, yeah. well, that was last. No, week. That was last week. No, I, don't, well, I can't remember yeah, the direct snap. Yeah, yeah. Last week he ran what was a fifty yard run just to win the game in overtime. Get out of my way. Yeah. So Did you like, see the replay, by the way? If you go back and watch the replay, I, I think they were in their Baltimore's in their black jerseys, and you watch, and he is literally in a black hole, and then somehow he just emerges. I think you're 100 right here, Ryan. I love him. I love him. I love yeah. it. I, I mean, to me, he should be he should be in the conversation. I, I don't know whether or not. I mean, all the voters in, the, in those awards usually go to quarterbacks, but still, I mean, he's been a, he's he's as meaningful to Tennessee as anybody has to any, any team in all the last two years. I agree. And I would also just quickly, because we, we do have to go, but I would quickly like to just give a little bit of love to Dak too. If he had at least one more games while he was healthy, oh, you could have made an argument like how important he is to that team. Cause they are a tire fire. They are awful, but boys, we got to go. This has been great. Ryan, thank you so much. We will be reviewing our picks, making sure that we share them with everyone. uh, Congratulations to Johnny Branco, who won the Mitch Marner signed picture. Guys, this has been another edition of the From the Stands podcast. Really appreciate you listening. Ian, quickly sign us off here, buddy.
Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again, Ryan, for joining us. Do some picks. Hopefully we can do better than last last week because God, Sean and I were terrible. But uh, hey, if you like your pocketbook and like your wallet the way it is, maybe with a little extra cash in there, bet the opposite of what Sean and I did today and you will be just fine. As always, everyone stay safe. Stay safe.